What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rovardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and Kayvon Thibodeau made an uh-oh. He went on a podcast this week, and he said some really interesting things about the state of the New York Giants. Franchise quarterback Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, the contracts that were handed out to these guys. Kayvon Thibodeau did say that he still believes in Daniel Jones. I'll put that out there and make that clear. He did say he believes in Daniel Jones, but he also said that he's mad that Daniel Jones got paid before Saquon Barkley and felt like Saquon was such an integral part of their offense in 2022. He should have gotten paid first and he is frustrated with the organization for not paying Saquon Barkley to this point. So we're going to go ahead and react to some of these quotes from Kayvon Thibodeau and discuss how crazy it is that he actually went on a podcast and said these things and knowing the media in New York was going to eat him alive. Half of me really respects Kayvon Thibodeau for this. Half of me really questions him. I don't know, you know, when you think about these New York reporters, Alex, and we know a lot of them, and we are very in tune with this, and I know a lot of Giants fans pay attention. They're like vultures sometimes. Like, you say one wrong thing in the media, and you are going to get brought through the ringer. And Kayvon Thibodeau just sat on that podcast and said probably the most controversial thing he could have thought of, and just let it rip. So I, I gotta respect it in some respects, but also... I think it's going to be uh, tough sledding for Kayvon Thibodeau and that organization for the next couple of weeks. Their PR team is going to put him through like seven different training courses, I have to assume. So we're going to go ahead and react to the, these comments from Kayvon Thibodeau and just kind of discuss the state of the New York Giants as well. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And what is your initial reaction to these quotes from Kayvon Thibodeau? doing pretty good and i have a feeling this is going to be a pretty entertaining episode for those listening Kayvon thibodeau and and i said this to anthony like a couple weeks ago when Kayvon thibodeau had gone on twitter and suggested he was making a podcast and i was like nothing good is going to come from this not a single thing that is good is going to come from Kayvon thibodeau speaking publicly on the matters of this team Yes, the front office right now of the Giants and their PR staff are likely running in circles trying to figure out what do we do now? Like Kayvon Thibodeau is going on podcasts. And here's my perspective. I freaking love it. I love hearing honest truth. I love hearing Kayvon Thibodeau tear their decisions apart because ultimately we don't know what they're feeling like in the locker room. We don't know what the pulse of this organization is right now. And to me... It seems like the locker room and the front office are not in lockstep right now because one side of it wants thinks that Saquon Barkley deserved a contract, and, and Kayvon Thibodeau clearly was speaking on behalf of the whole team there, and they thought that he should have been paid first before Daniel Jones. He thought that uh, Saquon earned that contract. And now a lot of people in the comments, I'm sure, are going to bounce right in there and say, hey, the Giants offered Saquon Barkley a contract, $13 million per season, was which was originally reported, but let me counter with this. Guys, $13 million per season does not mean anything unless we know what the guaranteed money looks like. So him making $13 million per season but getting, like, no guaranteed money means the Giants could easily have just gotten out of the deal and left Saquon stranded after an injury or whatever. There was no protection. If you make – let's say they offered him a three-year deal worth, I don't know, like $39 million. So he's making $13 million per season, and the guarantees are, like – $20 million, that makes sense because now he's guaranteed $20 million and like, he feels protected, you know, at a position that's obviously very injury prone. Like, it makes sense. But at $13 million, if he's making 39 mil and the guarantees are only $10 million, he's like, I am not protected here. 
and protect it for one season, then they can move on because Joe Shane's been trying to uh, kind of, you know, bring the, the, the guarantees to the front of contracts so they can move on earlier if need be, which is what they did with Daniel Jones, by the way. So, you know, that's kind of how I perceive it. That original offer they rejected probably because the guarantees were much lower, but the, but the Giants know, the Giants know, we're only going to release the year-by-year, year, we're going to leak the year-by-year year average, makes it us look better, but they don't know the guarantees. So, like, that's where you kind of see the little intrinsic details that make a difference in these negotiations and these, in these uh, public perceptions um, take a little bit of a change. So, in Saquon's perspective right now, I mean, I'm watching, I'm staring at a tweet right now that says, Cole Beasley tweeting at Saquon Barkley, how funny would it be if you went to Dallas and beat the crap out of your old team? And it feels really rejuvenating. And Saquon Barkley says, miss you, my dog, with laughing faces. This does not sound like a player that's coming back to the Giants, my friends. This doesn't sound like a player that's even negotiated with the Giants front office on an actual extension. And let me point something out to you right now. If the Giants lose Saquon Barkley and Xavier McKinney and we traded away Leonard Williams, we'll have lost three of our primary leaders in half a year. That is very problematic. The Giants cannot sustain losing leadership because personally, I don't think that we can keep this damn locker room together for losing a, 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 a stretch of games. I don't think that we don't have the glue without some of those guys to actually keep it together. You're going to have to keep one of those guys, whether it's McKinney, whether it's Saquon Barkley or both. You can't give away leaders. You are risking too much, and the Giants don't have enough of them. You know, Daniel Jones, as much of you know a, a leader, I guess he is, I don't get the sense that he's one of those guys holding the locker room together. You know what I mean? I don't get the sense that he's playing so well and he's doing all these things that the, the Giants are rallying around him. They rally around Saquon. They rally around Xavier McKinney, who breaks them down before every single game and after every single game. They rally around Leonard Williams, who was a veteran, who's been there for a long time um, but I don't get the sense that there's that many other players in there that are commanding that type of respect the offensive line lacked it right and Andrew Thomas is supposed to be that leader I don't get the sense that Andrew Thomas is a leader I get the sense that Justin Pugh came in there was more of a leader than anybody else and he came off the couch so like from my perspective I think Dexter Lawrence is one of those few guys that has and commands that type of respect but the Giants are about to lose two of them if they don't bring back at least one of them so right now I think we're in flux came on Thibodeau calling out the front office for not paying Saquon first those locker rooms, those players, they're protecting each other, and them not being in lockstep with the front office, I mean, that loyalty that they haven't shown, does that concern you at all? Does that make you feel as though this team is on different pages? Um, do you think it matters? Because, you know, the, the front office doesn't owe anything to the players, but... Saquon's been here through it all. He has helped helped keep this team together. His intrinsic value is higher because of his intangibles, let alone his production on the football field. Do you think they're not accounting for that? I think that they are accounting for that. I, I mean, if we're taking Joe Shane at his word for face value, which I know you can't really do with NFL general managers, but he has mentioned in the past that he does put a bit of an emphasis in the contract based on how much of a leader they are. Like he has talked about this before. Joe Shane has said that there are other factors to consider other than just statistics and everything. And I think that's part of the reason why they franchise tag Saquon, why they said they were not going to trade him during the deadline. Teams called. They said, no, we're not even going to listen to offers. I think they did the same thing for Xavier McKinney as well, if my memory serves me well. So I think that Joe Shane understands there is a value to the locker room. So that's why those players stayed with the Giants through the 2023 season. And I think that it does factor into the equation when they do contract negotiations. But one thing that you mentioned, Alex, that I do want to touch on that I think is really important is what happens if the Giants lose all of their leaders in this locker room? If you asked me who the leaders were going into the 2023 season, I probably would have said to you, Saquon Barkley's number one, 
Xavier McKinney's probably number two. Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are three and four. I'd say Daniel Jones is probably in that top five, and Andrew Thomas would round you out there going into the season. Of course, now we have Bobby Okereke and a few other players who have stepped up, sure. But those six players, I'd say, were the leaders in that locker room. And now you have Daniel Jones out for a significant amount of time this offseason. So that's a leader missing from the locker room in many ways, or at least missing from the practice fields. He'll be in the locker room, but not on the fields. Saquon Barkley could be gone. Leonard Williams is already gone. Xavier McKinney could be gone. So you still have Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas, but let's be honest, those aren't the most vocal leaders of that group of guys. So where is the leadership in this locker room? How different is this team going to look in 2024? Who is the alpha dog there? Who is the guy that rallies the troops and pulls them together? Because we saw this past season that 100% it was Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, when this team was in the mud, he got in the media and he said, we're still going to try our asses off and we're going to try and win as many games as we can. And you saw the entire team rally around him. He had backup quarterbacks that he was playing with, still went out there, was energetic. Didn't matter who he was playing alongside. Saquon Barkley was cheering on Tyrod, was cheering on Daniel, was cheering on Tommy DeVito. He was always there as a support group for all of those quarterbacks and all of those players on that team, and Xavier McKinney as well. Xavier McKinney did a great service to that locker room when he actually spoke up in the media. He caught a lot of flack from the Giants media and from the Giants fan base for doing that, but when he called out Wink Martindale, that was huge and it was really important because if you go back and you look at the stats before that moment and after that moment, the Giants defense took a massive step forward after that. So I have to think that Xavier McKinney was right in saying that the team, the coaches weren't listening to the players. Once he said that in the media, they didn't have a choice but to start listening to the players a little bit more. And therefore, the players started playing better, rallied around McKinney, and the defense finished really strong to start the se- or to end the season. So I think that there's really no way to understate the value of those guys. I mean, the Giants locker room is going to be lacking leadership in 2024 if they're not able to retain at least one of those two players, McKinney and Saquon Barkley. So there is a lot to be said about Kayvon Thibodeau's comments here, because not only is he saying what a lot of Giants fans are thinking, uh, he's saying that we need Saquon Barkley back to continue to lead us. I think that's what you can read between the lines here. Thibodeau isn't just making a comment about Daniel Jones. He's not just being controversial for the sake of it. I think he's trying to say this stuff in the media so that his friend Saquon Barkley gets paid and his leader holds the locker room together by getting paid. I think he recognizes this locker room needs Saquon Barkley. So whatever he can say in the media to help Saquon Barkley get his contract, he's going to go ahead and say it. It's not a selfish thing. It's a selfless thing. And I think that Kayvon Thibodeau, again, you mentioned it at the beginning of this, you're really happy that he came out and said, made these comments. So am I. I. I mean, I know a lot of Giants fans are like, okay, he's creating another distraction in the media. Why doesn't he just stop talking? And I get where you're coming from when you feel that way. And that's kind of why I opened this up. He made an uh uh-oh because I knew there was going to be a stir from these comments. But with Kayvon Thibodeau, and if you want to compare him to players in the past, it's not that different from what Michael Strahan used to say. That's one of his biggest mentors, right? We always talk about we want Kayvon Thibodeau to be like Michael Strahan. Reminder, guys, Michael Strahan held out of training camp and, and threatened the Giants with retirement because he hated Tom Coughlin's coaching style so much. Tom Coughlin eased up because of that, 
and the team went on to win a Super Bowl that season. So this isn't unprecedented. This isn't new for a player to kind of speak up and say, hey, this is a problem and we need to fix it. This is a good thing. This shows that Kayvon Thibodeau is actually a leader. He's saying what Giants players and fans are thinking, and I think every now and then that's necessary because when the Giants try and create this iron curtain over their organization and silence everybody inside of that building, that's when we get the Dave Gettleman era. That's when we get the days of Joe Judge and Pat Shermer being cycled in and out as head coaches, and we get all of that turmoil behind the scenes. It, this isn't Eli Apple getting on a podcast and calling Landon Collins a cancer. It's not the same thing. This is, I love my friend, and I love my teammate, and I want to see him get his. That's what this was. He didn't call out Daniel Jones and say, Daniel Jones sucks. He said, Daniel Jones, I still believe in him. He's our quarterback, but I think Saquon Barkley deserved the contract. And I mean, honestly, he's right. Saquon Barkley's been with the team longer, so you can argue seniority. You can argue who's better at their position, Saquon Barkley easily. Saquon Barkley did deserve his contract. It's just the nature of the running back position. He wasn't able to land it. But if someone was going to get paid first, Kayvon Thibodeau has a very valid argument in saying that Saquon Barkley deserved to be paid first. Now, it didn't happen, and so he can have some frustration about that. But again, I think that it is important for the players to have a voice, express these thoughts and opinions to the media and to other people, because if they don't, that's how change never happens. That's how everything remains stagnant. And again, when we had, think about when Odell Beckham Jr. did that one uh, interview with Josina Anderson on ESPN with Lil Wayne sitting next to them. Alex, remember that? The media stir that that created. I mean, it was like a tornado went through New York. And he was traded pretty much because of that interview. But think about how messed up that is. He finally spoke up and gave some honest opinions, and the Giants immediately just shipped him out. They said, okay, he's gone. We're sending him to Cleveland to die, as Odell Beckham Jr. has put it. Dave Gettleman was like, I'm having no parts of this. He went into the media and said some controversial comments again. He's gone. Think about how messed up that is. The guy can't have an opinion if he plays for the New York Giants. I don't like that. I think that Kayvon Thibodeau should be able to have an opinion the same way that OBJ should have had an opinion because it's the same way that Michael Strahan had an opinion years ago. Osu Umanura, if you read about that, cursed out the general manager one time publicly. He still played for the team and won a Super Bowl. Two Super Bowls. So I think that the New York Giants need to change here. This is time for them to realize where they have some internal flaws in that organization. It is okay for their players to have thoughts and opinions and to express them publicly, even if they are kind of controversial. And I think that Kayvon Thibodeau did the right thing here, supporting his teammate Saquon Barkley. And again, I'll reemphasize the point that this further evidences the theory that Kayvon Thibodeau or that Saquon Barkley held that locker room together and that his value transcends what it means to be an NFL running back. His value, primary value really lies in his leadership qualities and what he means to his New York Giants teammates. Yeah, I think you made some really, really great points there and that the Giants try to silence those voices sometimes. They try their best to keep the narrative in their in their favor and their light. This whole thing that just went down with Wink Martindale was like the their worst nightmare. You know what I mean? Like they don't that's not how they wanted to, to go. Like, you know how it should have went? Exactly what just happened with Vic Fangio and the Dolphins. That's how you actually do that. You you mutually part ways. You have those conversations behind closed doors. And then he goes and signs with the Philadelphia Eagles within five minutes. That was a predetermined move, right? There are better ways to go about doing these things. And the Giants, unfortunately, have lost sight of how to actually maneuver without making it a whole public ordeal. And, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is just trying to defend his guys. And look, the difference, and people are going to like, you know, look at the Daniel Jones uh, comparably to the Saquon Barkley thing. And look, he, he stands behind Daniel Jones, but anyone can see the writing on the wall, right? He, he publicly, I mean, he 
threw out actual statistics to support why Saquon Barkley is their leading playmaker, right? He threw out actual numbers. Like, he, he had information on hand to show why Saquon Barkley should be, pre- should be paid. And you know, dude, nobody can convince me that Kayvon Thibodeau didn't text Saquon Barkley before and said, dude, I'm going to freaking, I'm going to help you out right now. You know, I'm going to support you publicly. It's going to go viral. They're going to see it. And they're, I'm going to put some pressure on the front office to make something happen for you. You can't tell me that they, that wasn't happening. That wasn't a conversation they had behind the scenes. Or at least Kayvon Thibodeau told him, I'm going to support you. You're my guy. I want you to get paid. I want you to stay here. I have a little bit of influence. I'm going to try and use it. Because that's what players do for each other. Like, that's the right thing to do for your, for your teammates. However, it puts the Giants in a really tough spot because they don't want to pay running backs. We know this. Because they obviously, this tells me, Anthony, the Giants have not even negotiated about a potential extension with Saquon Barkley because if they were negotiating, Kayvon Thibodeau probably wouldn't have said anything because that would have interrupted that process, right? The fact that he just said that means that there's probably no dialogue happening between those two sides. And because of that, Saquon Barkley is now thinking, what does my future look like? Am I going to have to leave New York at this point? Probably. What I see happening, I think they're going to franchise tag Saquon Barkley and they're going to trade him for a mid-round pick. That's what I think is going to happen right now. That's my take at the very moment um, based on the fact that Giants are clearly not interested in extending him on a, on a long-term contract. They're probably going to go in the direction of drafting a running back, signing a guy that you know, one-year deal, short-term contracts, finding a, a balance. I mean, look what Buffalo's doing with James Cook. You know, they drafted him over there a couple of years ago, and he's been excellent for them developing into a really nice player. Giants probably want to do something similar. You see what other teams have done, Isaiah Pacheco. You know, the list goes on of running backs that are mid to late round draft picks that end up becoming phenomenal players. Um, You know, the Giants see that. They're following an analytical model. I think that there's a balance between following the numbers and following what's right, what's loyal, what's, what's the right thing to do. It seems to me the Giants are trying to follow a strategy, a model of analytics that says we don't pay running backs. We don't pay this position. We don't overspend here. This doesn't fit our algorithm. And I think that sometimes that, uh, algorithm that process has flaws in terms of rubbing people the wrong way. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I don't necessarily think that it's impossible that Saquon gets a long-term extension. I think it's highly unlikely. It's about about 25% chance he actually gets what he wants. Kayvon's trying to put a little pressure on him. But at the same time, you know, he had to kind of backtrack and say, like, I do believe in Daniel Jones still. Like, I, you know, it's not about who got paid. It's not about them both getting paid. It's about Saquon should have been paid first. Um, but you can get the underlying message there. I think that there is some validity to say that he thinks that Saquon Barkley is more valuable to the team than Daniel Jones. And dude, that is a problem because your quarterback should always be more valuable to the team than a running back. Always leadership wise, production wise, explosive plays wise. If your star pass rusher, if your second year pass rusher is going on a podcast is basically saying that Saquon Barkley should have been paid first. He's more explosive plays. He's more of an impact player than our quarterback. That is a freaking problem because not that not the fact that he said it, but the fact that if you read between the lines, it says that Saquon is more valuable to the team than Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones is getting paid $40 million a fucking year. And that is not good. Not good at all. And he is one neck injury away from his career ending. He is coming off a torn ACL. If Kayvon is saying it, how the hell do we expect the Giants front office to not identify the fact that Saquon is more important to the offense than Daniel Jones? And that is really bad for them. That now we're seeing it publicly. It's being said. It is on. It's it's on Twitter. You know what I mean? And and I think that's what it says to me. I don't know what it, what it says to you, but he's though he was throwing out actual stats to suggest that Saquon Barkley is most of their offensive production, and Daniel Jones is not. So. 
to me, that says that he values the running back position higher than the quarterback, and that is a terrible equation to follow if you're a front office. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback should always be the most valuable. You make a great point there. And with Saquon Barkley, listen, he makes such an impact on the field and off the field, and that's why he is so valuable to this team. But you are right in saying, like, there should be more value placed on the quarterback position for this team. It's very unfortunate that... Daniel Jones wasn't the one who was being advocated for in this conversation. You know, if the if it was the other way around and everybody was advocating for Daniel Jones, that's an ideal world. You want everybody rallying around the quarterback. They're rallying around the, the running back, and it's it's abnormal. Um, for what it's worth, I mean, you think back on last offseason, we were having the debate about Daniel Jones and whether or not he should be franchise-tagged, Alex. I mean, I was looking through our YouTube shorts recently, and I found one where my face popped up, and I was like, the Giants need to franchise-tag Daniel Jones. I'm looking back on that and thinking about it, and I'm like, oh my god, could you imagine how better of a situation this team would be in if they actually did that? It's like a night and day difference. You would be talking about this team like they were in a perfect situation, right? Like picking sixth overall quarterback with no contract to bog them down in the future, could just cut, cut ties. I mean, he's going to be a free agent. I mean, what a different scenario that would have been. I would have rather had Saquon on a long-term deal. I, the opposite would have been, yeah. in hindsight, would have rather extended Saquon, tagged Daniel Jones, and I think that maybe Joe Shane learned a very valuable lesson from this. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I think we learned a valuable lesson because while we did advocate, I know I personally really advocated for franchise tagging Daniel Jones. When they finally made the decision to pay him, I came around to it. I bought in because I'm a Giants fan and I want the Giants to make the right move. So I'm like, all right, Joe Shane, I love the contract. You know, we'll give Daniel Jones a two two more years to figure it out, and hopefully he's the quarterback of the future. Um, I, I still like the structuring of the contract. I still think that Joe Shane did a good job with that because he can get out of it next season. But overall, hindsight is 2020, and if I had foresight back then I would have franchise tagged him and I would have continued to advocate for that and wouldn't have changed my tone and supported the the decision but again that's knowing what I know now but I mean you really think about it if they had him on the franchise tag first of all it just made more sense because he hadn't proven everything you know I and that was one of the arguments that we made when they signed that contract with Daniel Jones Alex we said they're not only paying him for what he's done but they're paying him for what they expect him to do and I think that was the flaw in the logic for Joe Shane I think that is what happened they paid him on a projection basis they were like okay we saw him in year one of Brian Dable's offense we have to assume that he's going to progress and the projection model is going to be an increased you know standard that's not what we saw we saw a regression and so I think that that's the flaw in the logic here that Joe Shane needs to learn from you can't pay players anymore going forward for what you expect them to do in the future you have to pay them in large part for what they've done in the past um, not for what you expect them to do and I think again that's a big lesson that Joe Shane probably learned this past offseason and going forward when they pay players Xavier McKinney isn't getting paid for what he's going to do in the future. He's getting paid for being, you know, the number four graded safety in the NFL this past season for racking up interceptions throughout his career and being a leader in the locker room, you know? So when they're looking at some of these key contract negotiations this offseason, they got to pay their good players for what they've done. Saquon Barkley has done a lot. Now, I guess that there's a nuance to that, and you have to say, okay, how much longer can he do this for? Should we be paying him for the future? It's definitely a conversation, and there's a lot of nuance to this, but at the end of the day, I don't know if the New York Giants locker room can afford to lose guys like Saquon Barkley and Xavier McKinney. Not only are they great leaders in the locker room, but they're also great players. And I've been making this argument for a long time, Alex. How many times have I said this on this podcast recently? The Giants have to pay their good talent. They don't have an overabundance of talent. They don't have a lot of good players. So the good players that they have, they need to keep. 
So Xavier McKinney, Saquon Barkley, I'm going to stand on it and I'm going to say they need to keep these players, not only because of their, their talents, but because of their leadership in the locker room. I think that it's important to get both of those guys re-signed this upcoming offseason. And really just to wrap up my overall thoughts on this entire topic of discussion, I agree with what Kayvon Thibodeau said, and I, I hope that more Giants players become more honest and open with the media, share more of their thoughts and opinions. Um, you know what? F it. Get these guys on more podcasts. Come on Fireside Giants and have a chat with us, guys. We would love to talk to you. Get your open and honest opinions right here. Uh, last thing that I'll say, though, Alex, I am surprised that Kayvon Thibodeau didn't spill any tea on the Wink Martindale situation. You know, all the headlines grabbed were about the Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley contract comments. No headlines on anything about Wink Martindale. He didn't throw that guy under the bus. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if there's a takeaway to that. It could be the Giants told him, don't touch that freaking topic. Don't speak about Wink Martindale. Everybody's hush on that one because there has been so many rumors about it. Could be that. Also could be maybe Wink Martindale or maybe Kayvon Thibodeau's upset that Wink Martindale left and he didn't want to say anything about it. That's possible. Not really much to take away from that because he didn't say anything, but I'm curious to know that if he does another podcast in the future, will he pivot from talking about Daniel Jones and Saquon and start talking about Wink Martindale? That's kind of the sequel that I'm hoping for, Alex. So I'll let you give your last minute thoughts, but also... Are you hoping in the future that one of these players, because I, I really am, I really want one of these players to shed some light on the Wink Martindale situation. Whatever player does, I hope they're not on the Giants anymore because that just causes internal just tension, and I don't, we don't need that in our lives right now. We need to move forward and not think about the past and create more problems. With that being said, I 100% think, in my opinion, I don't know this for a fact, I think the Giants were like, do not talk about this stuff do not talk about the wink martindale saga that information we don't we're just moving past this right you know this is going to impact if you say something about this this is going to impact our search for another defensive coordinator because another dc that says well the players are going out and talking shit about our other dcs you know what i mean like why the hell am i going to go there if the players don't trust me the players are actively talking to the media about the position I'm about to replace, that does not, it's not a very good look. You know what I mean? I think that there's a lot of reasons. The Giants could probably find Kayvon Thibodeau for doing that, by the way, um, for speaking about internal matters. They could probably find him. And I'm sure, like, they're like, you want to lose a bag? We'll find you a bag. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's probably what they told him. Like, we will find you. This is part of your contract. You can't, you know, you're not allowed to talk about internal internal uh, process like this. You can advocate for your players. You can say you think you should do this, but don't give away internal stuff that should not be leaked. Um, that's how guys get fired, by the way. You know what I mean? That's how general managers get on the hot seat because players are actively undermining their power their, their power dynamic. So, um, yes. Do I think the Giants told Kevin Thibodeau to shut his mouth on that topic? Absolutely. If he comes out and speaks about it, I'd be really surprised. But I would love to hear what he has to say because I am just as curious as you guys as to what the hell went down there and who is at fault. Um, clearly, Kayvon Thibodeau has his thoughts about it. I'm sure Xavier McKinney does too, based on the fact that you suggested earlier. You know, he went to the media and actually said, like, I just don't think, you know, I, they're not listening to us as captains. Maybe, maybe Xavier McKinney said that. In, in correlation to Wink Martindale not listening to him, and Brian Dable took it up with Wink Martindale, noticing that the players were not liking how things were going, and then Wink freaked out on both of them. Wink went out and actually fueled the fire of McKinney afterwards with his comments. You know, maybe that's where the tension all kind of started from that exact situation where, like, you know, Dable was like, we need more collaboration. You're not listening to the players. And Wink Martindale freaked out on him. Xavier McKinney started playing better because Dable said, I got your back. I'm going to fight and advocate for you. Maybe that's what happened. You know what I mean? Maybe that's maybe that's how it went down. And then Dable played chess and worked his magic. And then McKinney was like, I respect this guy. You know, maybe that's why he wants to, maybe that's why he'll come back at the end of the day. 
completely made up that theory. Who knows what actually happened? But it, in my head, it, it could. It, it's in. It's an option. It's an alternative um, to how we we think it may have played out. But you know, that's my take on the Kayvon situation. I don't think. I don't think. I think that the team probably was like, "Do not speak about these matters because we will find you." It's possible. And yeah, a lot of what we're doing now is speculating. There's really not much else to say. I mean, we're having our takeaways from this podcast episode. I, I, it's a 24 hour news cycle in New York tomorrow. I'm sure that something else will grab the headlines and um, move Kayvon Thibodeau out of the spotlight. For what it's worth, I know Sterling Shepard just did a podcast as well, and that one's not getting nearly as much attention because it just happened to land on the same day as Kayvon Thibodeau's podcast release. Uh, Sterling Shepard talked a lot about his potential retirement and how he's really contemplating retiring this offseason. So we'll see what happens with Sterling Shepard and what his final decision is. I, if I had to bet on it, I don't think that he's going to be playing in 2024, but maybe he tries to find a one-year deal with another team. It's a possibility. But yeah, it's always fun times in the New York Giants fan base, and <laughs> it's never a dull moment in this New York sports media market. So Kayvon Thibodeau, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, lots of takeaways from this moment here. So love to hear from you guys right down below in the comment section. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we'll catch you all in the next one. Have a good one, and let's go Giants.